Welcome to a new episode of the Red Envelope. Our very special guest today is Charles Dolsey, Director of Strategic Initiatives at Consensus, and more recently, Charles was the head of fintech at Invest Hong Kong, the department of the Hong Kong government responsible for foreign direct investment. Thank you so much for joining us today, Charles. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Let's talk a little bit about、um, Hong Kong. Obviously,、uh, you've had quite a few years of experience in the finance sector over there, and most recently as the head of fintech investment in, in Invest Hong Kong. So, can you share with us your view on fintech development in Asia and Hong Kong in particular? Sure. What is very interesting and maybe not always captured by、uh, by many people is that、um, that in Asia we have a very digital、uh, kind of society.、Uh, most of the countries in Asia have been starting in the finance game a little bit later, so they've got a totally new approach to finance, and they they also use totally different tools. And most of them are, are mostly digitals. When it comes to Hong Kong, Hong Kong is the third、uh, biggest global financial center. So we've got a massive capital market industry as well as fund industry.、Um, we've got six、uh, hundred stockbrokers, for example,、um, a very large number of, of banks. One hundred fifty-nine banks、uh, are fully licensed in Hong Kong and operating.、Uh, we are soon launching ten、uh, additional banks,、uh, which will be virtual banks.、Uh, when it comes to insurance,、uh, Hong Kong is、uh, number one in Asia as well as number two globally. So there is these big, I would say, fundamentals and, and kind of foundations、uh, to build a very solid fintech ecosystem. So it's really an opportunity for us and, and, and a strong advantage、uh, to be strong in finance and to basically capture、uh, the best of, of fintech to, to kind of、uh, make this financial industry、um, go in a, in a new,、uh, new kind of stream and, uh, and, uh, and keep,、uh, keep the leadership in the region. Thanks for that, Charles.、Um, so, when when I when I look at our ecosystem,、uh, fintech ecosystem especially,、um, I kind of、uh, often look at it. Okay, this is where the ecosystem is doing really well, and this is where I think there needs to be some work to be done, or, or that there needs to be more work.、Uh, so, when I take Hong Kong for example, or when you look at Hong Kong,、uh, who do you think? What do you think、uh, are the areas where it's lagging behind? Why do you think there is、uh, there is there is、uh, Need for for more work, and why do you think it's it's doing amazingly well today? Sure. So as per、uh, when I joined the Hong Kong government, and I'm not with the Hong Kong government anymore, but when I joined the Hong Kong government back in 2016,、uh, we estimated about 160 fintech companies in Hong Kong.、Uh, two years later, for for the fintech week、um, 2018,、uh, we we prepared some kind of market study and survey with the fintech companies here. And we estimated the number of fintech in Hong Kong to 550. So you see a very strong growth over the past、uh, the past two years here in Hong Kong. Some some verticals of fintech in Hong Kong are having、uh, more momentum than others.、Um, they are really going in parallel with the strong fundamentals of Hong Kong. So, for example, everything related to、uh, to wealth tech is、uh, is doing very well in Hong Kong, and we have a very large number of, of fintech companies in this field. Uh, there is also、uh, a lot of blockchain companies, especially blockchain for enterprises,、uh, present in Hong Kong.、Uh, having said that, I would not say we are lagging behind, but we surely have some、uh, some topics where we can improve.、Uh, I think the identity within the fintech、uh, and financial services、uh, 
kind of of universe. Uh, digital identity is a, is a very complex topic, and uh, and uh, Hong Kong is uh, both the government and private sector uh, private sector stakeholders are, are trying to work on this. Uh, but we still have some 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 progress to be uh, to be delivered on uh, on digital identity. But we have the chance in Hong Kong to be um, a, a very open uh, kind of economy. Uh, we've been um, elected for 25 years in a row, the most open economy. So it's really um, a, a fintech ecosystem which is market-driven, supported by the government, but not driven by the government. This is very important to, uh, to, to, to capture. And, and we have the chance also to be, to be part of China. As you know, Hong Kong is part of China under the policy of one country, two system. So we have, we've got this kind of continuous uh, stimuli uh, from the, the mainland China ecosystem. And if you compare Hong Kong fintech ecosystem to mainland China fintech ecosystem, you, you, you'll find out that as per now, uh, the fintech ecosystem in China is mostly B2C driven. Uh, so the likes of, of WeChat and Tencent and Alibaba and many others uh, have been growing very strongly uh, thanks to the very big consumer market. Uh, and they, they've been able to deliver a lot of, uh, lot of innovations there. <clears throat> On the opposite side, Hong Kong is a much more smaller size market. We, we have about uh, 7.4 million citizens in Hong Kong, but a very, very strong, um, I would say, global financial center where the fintech is actually shaping itself in more more B2B play. So you've got these two kind of complementary uh, ecosystem between a very massive, strong, and, and, and dynamic B2C fintech ecosystem in mainland China and the Hong Kong fintech ecosystem, which is mostly driven uh, by the B2B, but stimulated as well by all the innovation and uh, I will say the, uh, the ambitions of, uh, of the China fintech ecosystem. That's an interesting point, um, and, and it leads well into something that I'm always curious about. When you're talking about fintech adoption, right, in, in Asia, you mentioned um, it's it's very digital society, um, and, and there's a lot going on both, both in China and Hong Kong, even though they're in dis- different aspects. So if we take a look at China, like, like you mentioned, it's going extraordinary well especially in the b2c market with high adoption because of of the scale right because of how many people are there and the amount of data that's available what else do you think are critical to their success and is that something that you think could be replicated somewhere else because that that's always the question right it's look towards the east and look at what the east is doing what can we do and what can we learn sure I think a, a big part of the of the of the amazing success of fintech in China is basically they they, they enter the world of fintech uh, pushed by by the e-commerce and the internet uh, economy overall. If you if you listen to some uh, some previous interview from Jack Ma as a founder and chairman of Alibaba, uh, he will explain that he actually created Alipay, which is a payment uh, kind of infrastructure for the Alibaba Group. He actually created Alipay because uh, on his e-commerce business at the time, Taobao and, uh, and, and Alibaba.com, uh, he found out that there was a very strong appetite for its product, but there was a friction point at the time, uh, which was the payment. Uh, the banking infrastructure in China was mostly owned by banks, which are mostly uh, state-owned companies, where the innovation would basically take very long time and not always be con- consumer-driven. 
So Alibaba finds this friction point and decided, okay, the banks will not be as fast as my e-commerce business, so I will need to build my own infrastructure for payment. And that's where um, Alipay is coming from. That's where also uh, WeChat Pay is coming from and WeChat overall, basically kind of building infrastructure because uh, the, the existing infrastructure was not existing. So this is one of their key advantages. They started with uh, a little bit later on and they kind of leapfrog uh, straight away to the new uh, new models of payment and new models of fintech. Another advantage in the in the Chinese ecosystem is um, is uh, the relationship Chinese consumers uh, have with their own data. Um, Chinese consumers don't have the same relationship as as the people in the West uh, when it comes to to, to private uh, privacy and private data. Uh, so it really allows all the companies to to get to get access to a very quickly to a, a big amount of data about their customers, which their customers are happy to share. And really understanding the behaviors, uh, cross-selling them, uh, kind of iterating uh, their products and make them more uh, more in line with what their customers are expecting. So two key advantage for me: starting a little bit later, so not having a kind of legacy infrastructure, no credit card uh, much in China, but kind of leapfrogging directly to mobile phone money, uh, as well as a, a very, uh, I would say, relaxed relationship with with consumer data, allowing the companies to really build. Um, uh, knowledge about the customer base and, uh, and improving the offering. Charles, a couple of points that, uh, that you mentioned there uh, regarding China fintech, Chinese fintech ecosystem. Uh, one, the, you know, the payments uh, boom with Alipay and Tencent doing several trillions in, uh, in payments. And of course, uh, uh, the, the data privacy aspect of it, where kind of consumers, um, unlike the West, consumers are a lot more open to sharing their data. And I think those two are uh, stark differentiators and, and, and amazingly changing the fintech landscape in China. And, and, and I'm just in awe uh, about how that's, uh, that's changing the, the entire uh, equation almost. So what do you think? Uh, uh, the, the, that fintechs are looking to, to expand into next. What what are the verticals uh, apart from the already proven uh, payments and uh, payments market? And of course, this we have this uh, the social credit score that's coming up and all that. So, what are the new avenues for Chinese fintech to to go after now? I think the the B two B side of fintech in mainland China has been has been kind of uh, underserved. It was a, a more complex. Uh, market to address, uh, and it has been not the priority for for the Chinese fintech uh, first. So uh, you should expect a, a very very strong push of B two B fintech in China. Uh, you should also expect um, a lot of uh, mainland Chinese companies uh, starting to expand overseas uh, with different strategies, or at least strategies which has been kind of changing over the years. So I remember uh, engaging with mainland Chinese fintech about two years ago. Uh, this Chinese fintech would be considered of middle size when they have like 100 million customers. Uh, so it's really a different scale over there. And they were, they were basically kind of drafting their expansion strategy out of China, thinking they will go with their own brand, acquire a customer by themselves, and kind of roll out a, a similar uh, expansion plan uh, outside of China based on the, on the success they got in China. And, and what we find out over the past two years is that this Chinese uh, fintech giants has been kind of pivoting the strategies a little bit. Uh, they do understand that when they go outside of China, the market, the consumers, the regulations are totally different. And uh, acquiring licenses, 
uh, acquiring customers is a very, very complex game, and they are not the first uh, market entrants in this market they want to, they want to, uh, to kind of conquer. Uh, so the, the strategy has been changing on their side. We, what, what, we, what we find now is they're basically going outside of China with a B2B strategy. Uh, so they've been building very strong technology stacks, uh, building new banks from zero on the latest technologies, uh, as well as um, new insurance companies, new kind of uh, credit scoring, uh, new engagement also with the SMEs. Uh, and they, they go outside of China expanding uh, more as a, as a technology provider rather than a fintech operator. And this would be really interesting to see how the challenger banks or the challenger insurance in the West uh, will or will not um, benefit from these Chinese technology offers, uh, which are coming with South uh, cloud uh, cloud first uh, offering and very uh, I would say very uh, very very fresh and new uh, technology stacks to uh, to uh, to possibly support this uh, this challenger in in the different markets. That's that's very interesting, Charles, because uh, the the SME market especially is pretty pretty interesting. I mean, even from a the West perspective, right? Um, this is this is actually a, a real real life story that I was part of, where uh, my cousin uh, last year wanted about twenty five thousand pounds to expand her business. She's she's listed on Amazon as as um, she's selling her products on Amazon, and uh, when she wanted some money, she we went to the uh, traditional banks. They they rejected her because she had about a year worth of history, and then uh, she went to fintechs. I mean fintechs, proper fintechs, and they said eight weeks for a decision on on twenty five thousand pounds of uh, of a loan, and uh, Amazon gave her uh, a yes decision in in uh, the same day, and the money's in the bank. Uh, within 48 hours because they had all the data about how what her products were and how she was selling her products how well the products were received by the mar- uh, by the market so i think that is a massive advantage from a from a sme angle perspective from a alipay and tencent angle as well and uh, yeah you're right that's a, that's a big opportunity we would like to give a mention to our creative partner tremendousness Tremendousness is a creative agency that uses visual thinking, information design, and storytelling to help organizations explore innovations, products, and processes. Learn more at www.tremendo.us. Yeah, it's fascinating, actually, Irene. You you mentioned um, Alipay. And, and the likes, um, I think recently they just announced that uh, they will be accepting Alipay payments in a big um, retail chain in the U.S. And, and it seems like one of the uh, strategy, and Charles, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like, you know, what they're doing is as they are expanding abroad from a consumer brand perspective, they are targeting the places where the Chinese tourists will be visiting and hence will be spending their money. Because like you mentioned, right, a lot of them, they don't have credit cards. They're so used to mobile payment. So their strategy is expanding outside, allowing their existing consumers to be able to continue with the payment methods that they're used to in China and continue to spend money. I think you're right, though. It's a, it's a very pragmatic way uh, to, to, to expand. And Chinese entrepreneurs are, are very pragmatic. Uh, if uh, I guess their feeling is um, if the market they want to to enter uh, have already legacy payment system such as credit cards or octopus card in Hong Kong, 
they will they will just start to to kind of test the market and 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 do the, the promotion of their solutions uh, through the Chinese visitors uh, and start to give a, a feel to the to the to the vendors to the to the merchants uh, of how practical and uh, and efficient are their payment systems and uh, basically starting to serve um, mainland Chinese uh, global tourists and then uh, kind of planting seeds in these ecosystems and, and markets uh, to later engage with, uh, with the local, uh, local merchant and, and local ecosystem. So let's switch gear a little bit and, and talk about you. What's next for you? Um, you know, I understand that you have a new role with Consensus. So can you share with us a little bit what you'll be doing? Sure. Um, I've been having a lot of fun and, 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 and great, uh, great, uh, great results with the team at, at Invest Hong Kong and the Hong Kong government. But I, I have a, a background in the private sector and uh, I used to be an entrepreneur. And uh, after some time, I felt I, I wanted to kind of restart something from zero again. Uh, I have a lot of fun in building things and building teams. And, uh, and the opportunity for me to join Consensus here in Hong Kong is, uh, is something I, I really wanted to, uh, to capture and, and embrace. So my role with Consensus is a director for strategic initiative. Uh, I am, I'm acting a country lead here in Hong Kong. And the goal for me uh, is to build a, a, a hub in Hong Kong for all the 50 spokes from Consensus, as well as uh, starting the uh, Consensus solution uh, practice here in Hong Kong. Uh, so Consensus Solutions focuses on, on delivering uh, blockchain solutions for different market players, fintech being uh, one of the major verticals for us and integrating uh, some of the products we have in-house uh, produced and developed by the spokes from, from Consensus. Uh, and the third part is really focusing on, on the community engagement here. Uh, Consensus is focusing uh, mostly on the Ethereum um, uh, blockchain technology, and uh, it's, a, it's an ecosystem rich of more than 300,000 developers all around the world, and we want to make sure we've got uh, resources uh, to, to keep training uh, all the developers here in the regions uh, making them uh, capture and harvest uh, the best of, uh, of the Ethereum technology. So really three main aspects, uh, which I'm very excited about. Uh, I really hope Constantinople happens for consensus sake. Um, so I, I really am looking forward to that and how the market is going to, I mean, both from a developer community perspective and the investor community perspective, I think that that's going to be pretty big, I guess, from an Ethereum perspective, uh, from, from the Ethereum ecosystem. Let, let me just maybe complement something here. Uh, Hong Kong is, is a very strategic place for consensus. Um, Asia is a, is a strategic market. As, you, as we discussed earlier in, a, in, a, in this conversation, uh, Asia is really uh, booming in terms of fintech. And we are building so many new things here. And we have a chance to not, uh, I would say, suffer too much of legacy systems here in, a, in the world of financial services. But we have the chance to build new infrastructure with the latest technology. So that's why we, we are very excited and, and, uh, and happy to have eventually an office here in Hong Kong to serve our Hong Kong customers, but also to kind of expand globally uh, with our global, uh, global partners uh, from the US, from Europe and, and, and other places. And there is an appetite here in Hong Kong for all this technology. As I said, Hong Kong is a very competitive marketplace, 160 uh, insurance companies, 159 banks, so the innovation here is, is really uh, is not uh, a lip service. It's really a question of, of, uh, of life or, or death for some companies here because the competitive uh, environment is, is really, uh, really sharp. So that's where we, we really find a strong appetite 
and, and, and vivid interest on, on these new technology stacks that the blockchain offers. Um, they could be developed on public net or, or private kind of chains, uh, but there is a lot of use cases here and we are really excited to, uh, to be here. Good luck with that, uh, Charles. I uh, really wish you all the best with that move. Um, so one question I have. Um, so when I look at Asia, Asia FinTech, I always see two big hubs. One is Hong Kong um, with, with its massive backing or massive, uh, uh, which acts almost as a gateway into China's uh, consumer market. And you also have um, you know, Singapore that's got this uh, links to the ASEAN network. Uh, so how do you compare the two ecosystems and, and especially from a regulatory standpoint as well? I'm, I'm really keen to understand how uh, the, the regulators are responding to the competition. Sure, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think you're right. There is two, uh, two main uh, hubs in, uh, in Asia when it comes to, uh, to fintech and, and financial services. What is really important to, to understand is Asia is a massive geography. Uh, yes, Hong Kong and Singapore are both in Asia, uh, but I think there is more when, when, when we talk to, uh, to CEOs and, uh, and, uh, and board members from, from fintech companies, they really capture and they really try to get their heads around on, on, on the one question. The right question is, is not about Hong Kong or Singapore. The real question people ask themselves is, where do I want to start? Do I want to start in North of Asia and then Hong Kong is a non-brainer? Or do I want to start in Southeast Asia? And then it comes to where is your customer base? Uh, what kind of customers you want to address? Um, is your product more a B2B play for kind of maturing economy? And North of Asia is, is probably close to that. Are you more after uh, Southeast Asia where the economies are, are more rising? Uh, but the, the question is, where do you want to start? And uh, there is a competition. I think it's a marketing competition in a way. Uh, but the, the, I think the market and the entrepreneurs we meet are, are very clear about that. And at some point in time, you start either in Hong Kong or Singapore, but ultimately you will need to operate in both locations. When it comes to, to, to regulations, there is two very active uh, regulators uh, in both Hong Kong and Singapore. Uh, they have different priorities, different type of philosophy also. Uh, Singapore is probably more uh, government-led economy uh, when the Hong Kong market is more uh, market-driven um, type of economy. So it makes the regulators uh, moving forward a different pace. But if you look carefully at the data, uh, you will find out that the regulations are more or less moving at the same pace. There is a few announcements here and there. Uh, but uh, when, you, when you look at, uh, at operating either in Hong Kong or Singapore, uh, the regulatory environment is actually fairly similar. There is some experimentation in Hong Kong which are not happening in Singapore. Singapore will experiment on some other topics or do POCs on some topics which Hong Kong is not doing immediately. Uh, but uh, both of them are global players and uh, they are also very cautious of, of making sure that the innovation is not uh, bringing too much risk in their ecosystem uh, and they don't want also neither to regulate too much to let the technology and the companies innovate. That's awesome. That means that we'll be seeing you in both places <laughs> yes, <laughs> quite often. Exactly. That's good. That's cool. So thank you with that. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, Charles. It's always wonderful to talk to you. And um, I will see you out Far East pretty soon. Excellent. Thank you, Charles. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I hope to see you soon in Hong Kong.